The Offering. Story by Samantha Larger, art by Samantha Larger and Ryan Smitham. Mikhail watches the girl make her way into the woods. He doesn't know her name, having just moved here with his family, but he recognizes her long chestnut hair, plaited and tied with ribbon, yellow ribbon. It glints as she slips across the forest threshold. The children playing on the far side of the clearing do not notice. Mikhail notices. He has learned to observe others. Where he grew up, his safety depended on awareness, on keeping his head down. It helped him avoid violence. But he is far away from the city he once called home, and he is curious now. There is something unusual about the girl, who sits a few rows ahead of him in the schoolhouse. The way she looks out the window as though searching for something. Mikhail finds himself watching her as she watches the woods. Today, he follows her, stepping into the thicket of naked trees, their leaves shedding with the coming cold. Every step a dead crunch, he treads carefully and keeps his distance. The woods are unfamiliar, and more than once he loses sight of her, as she weaves between trees and bobs below the horizon on her steady descent. In his hurry to keep up, a branch snaps underfoot. The girl stops and Mikhail takes cover in a shallow ditch. Daring to peek, he sees her scanning the forest, clutching the strap of her satchel before carrying on. Back at the schoolhouse, it felt harmless to pursue her. But as they travel deeper into the forest, his uncertainty grows. He wonders what she will think of him if she catches him. Eventually, they reach an edge and she steps over, disappearing. The forest gives way to a rocky hillside, and Mikhail sees no way to hide his approach. He expects the clacking of stone to give him away, but his steps are silent. What he thought was rock is in fact coal, pebble-weathered and iridescent. Soft as sand, he sinks quietly into it. A wall of rock rises to his left, bisected by an inky seam. His eyes follow the downward slash to where it disappears into a basin of deepest black. The liquid at the bottom of the hill is so dark it seems an absence rather than an abundance. Surrounded by cliff face, it's shadowed, and beyond the wind's reach, opaque and glassy as obsidian. Mikhail finds that he has made a mistake following her here. She is crouching by the pool's edge. He makes his way towards her, closing the distance between them until he is only yards away. Mikhail expects the nature of the liquid to reveal itself, but even at the shallowest edge, he cannot see through to what is below. The girl removes something from her bag, and he sees that she cradles a dead canary, its body alight with bright yellow coloring. Its eyes are closed as though sleeping, but he understands that it is not alive. She moves with seeming reverence, lowering the canary to the water. Pulling her hands away, she pauses, looking down at the small creature. Mikhail expects it to sink, but it does not. The dense dark holds the offering. Why do you come here? He asks. The girl turns around quickly, startled. What? The word dies in her throat. She tries again, her voice a whisper. What are you doing? Mikhail is saved from answering by a splash, the sound carrying across the dark depths. Both children turn quickly, scanning for the source, but no ripples interrupt the smooth liquid surface. Mikhail frowns. Before he can speak, the girl is hurrying up the black shale. He moves in front of her path and she steps back, off balance. Mikhail reaches out to steady her, 
and is surprised when she grabs onto him, tightly, tugging as she starts back up. We must go, please. She pleads in a tone that brooks no argument. Mikhail lets her hold onto his shirt sleeves as they scramble up the steep slope. She lets go, sure now that he's following. But her hurried intensity never falters. Mikhail feels his stomach tighten and realizes that he is afraid. There is another sound, a gurgling murmur. Mikhail looks back at the dark hollow. The water is still, but he can no longer see the golden bird's body. Wait, he says breathlessly. What were you doing down there? She stops and turns, speaking quickly. I will tell you the truth if you believe it, but not here. The girl guides them up through the woods in silence. When they return to the clearing, he finds the courage to speak. My name is Mikhail. She replies without looking back. My name is Lena. Lena sits on the bench outside the schoolhouse and begins. I know your family settled here this past summer, and you may not know what happened at the mine. Even most who have lived here longer don't know, or want to know, but they have enough sense to stay away. Lena gives him a disapproving look before her face softens. Do you want to hear the story? After a moment, she adds, Sometimes I wish I didn't know it myself. Mikhail's yes catches in his throat. He nods. Lena tells him the story of York Creek Mine, as it was told to her by uncles and grandfathers who worked there. Her father, the youngest brother, was spared the dust and the dark and the fate of other young men who left for a day's work and never returned. As young as thirteen they went, beginning as breaker boys, or sorting coal from rock at the picking table. They'd leave the surface behind to work underground as trappers, moving quickly to open and close doors for passing coal tubs. Between halls they sat idle, waiting, for hours at a time, in total darkness. It was these boys who first reported strange happenings. Dark pools forming far from any water. Sounds with no seeming source. A shifting shadow barely visible in the pitch black. Caged canaries, far from their natural predators, were vanishing. Only small yellow feathers where full fledglings once perched. When the first boy went missing, all was confusion. So many tunnels, so many things that may have gone wrong, but no sign of what did. All that searching in vain. A second boy went below never to resurface, then a third. Whispers became rumors, became uproar as more young men disappeared. Workers refused to return to York Creek. The mine closed, and year after year the water rose, flooding all that was left. And yet, the mine was not completely abandoned. Folks were afraid that whatever took those boys would come seeking others. My uncle showed me how to offer the canaries. He said that would keep it from leaving that place. They sat there for a long while. Lena gifted her yellow ribbon, making him promise to never return there. Mikhail thinks on his oath as he stands once again at the water's edge. Splash. Mikhail's head snaps back to the liquid mirror, looking for ripples, but there are none. His skin begins to prickle, and his stomach somersaults. Unwilling to blink, he keeps his eyes wide and watches the water, searching. Time passes. Mikhail begins to breathe again. Then he sees something, and the air leaves his lungs. It rises slowly from the water, its dark crowns so similar to the fluid that they seem as one, a viscous and vicious blackness that eats all light and sound. Silently it moves, leaving no signs of its breach. 
It inches towards the shore, revealing more of itself, and yet, Mikhail can see no eyes, no features at all, nothing but a dark silhouette. A cold dread freezes him in place, each moment a warped eternity. All is quiet save for the thunderous pounding in Mikhail's chest. It comes closer, growing, gathering itself from the fluid, formless but unceasing. It is coming towards him. Mikhail gasps and lurches up the hill, trying to find purchase in the soft coal, grabbing, clawing upwards, desperate to get away from the water, from what lives there. All quiet caution is gone. The harder he struggles, the more he seems to sink, his fingers and feet blackened with the effort. Only when he has some momentum, some distance between his body and the black abyss, does he look to the crest of the hill, to where he needs to go. It is there. The shadow stands where the slope meets the sky, and without eyes, looks down at him. Mikhail clutches the yellow ribbon. <laughs>